Okay, welcome to the Extra Innings Podcast. I am your host, Jake Tangway. And unless you guys have been living under a rock, um, there has been some big moves in the NFL, or one big move in the NFL, one big move in the MLB. Um, and I'm here to give my input on each of these things today. Um, so before we get into it, I would like to point out once again that I do have a website in case you missed it in the last episode. It is extrainnings.nitosa.org. You go there. There will be blog po- the blog posts about when I upload a podcast. It'll be there. And then just little like other little posts I'll do every so often. I, I think last time I said like every week I'm going to try to do one. I'm still going to try to stick to that. It might not be an every week thing. And it might be multiple times a week I do one. But we're gonna. I'm gonna be posting on there, and then in the page you'll be able to click on all podcasts. You'll be able to view them all, and they're all they're all on other streaming platforms. Like there's, you can go on Spotify. <clears throat> you can go on Spotify, and it will be there for you to listen to every episode. Um, but yeah, so today, or I guess yesterday, um, as I'm recording this on the 18th of February, Fernando Tatis. And the San Diego Padres agreed to a 14-year deal worth 304, I almost said 60, $340 million. That is insane. 14-year contract, a $300 million contract to a player who has played a grand total of 143 games in his career. I mean, he has been very, very, very good in those 143 games. Um, you know, just I'll, I'll sound smart here. I'll throw out a couple base um, base stats, but a couple stats here. He was fourth in the MVP voting this year. Um, he was third in rookie of the year, only playing 84 games. Um, let's see, he's got a career 956 OPS. He's got a career 144, 154 OPS+. plus. He, He's such. He's so good defensively. So glad they did not move him to the outfield. So glad he stayed at short. I mean, as you know, he's he's insanely good. And you know, I think it is a lot of money to give this guy. Not even playing 140, 162 games. He's never played a full season. Even I mean, counter 59 out of 60 games or not. You know what I mean? 59 out of 60 games is still good. Still pretty much a full season. But, oh, man, I'm just thinking about this. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to be in my 30s when this contract is over. That is crazy. And the, the Even crazier is Bobby Bonilla is still going to be getting paid by the Mets. Yeah. When this contract is over, he's still going to be paid, paid by the, the Mets, I think. That's insanely ridiculous. But... I they did want to get this. I'm assuming they wanted to get this contract before Lindor's contract, and I would say good on them. But at the same time, would Lindor get? I mean, Lindor probably will get close. I won't say you get 300 million out because I don't think he's getting a 14 year deal. But I think he's gonna be getting. I would probably put Lindor. He's probably gonna be like. AAV wise, he might be top five when his contract, depending on when he signs it, he could potentially be top five in AAV. 
Um, yeah, I mean, good on the Padres because, you know, you lock up your star player who's turning into the face of baseball. Um, he's what? What is? How old is he? He's got to be like twenty-two at the most. I yeah, he just turned twenty-two, in what? December, January second, he turned twenty-two. Um, so he's going to be thirty-six when his contract is. Wow. Okay. I'm. I'm just. I'm looking at this being surprised. I looked up a little bit of stuff, but I didn't really take it into consideration how crazy this is. I think the only contracts more than his is Trout and Mookie, and they were established. You know, they had been playing a long time, established stars. Yeah. This is wild for a 22-year-old. He has 558 total at-bats. Okay, you, it, this all means the same thing at this point. Anyways, I think Baleo saying good for the Padres to lock him up good for the Padres to get him to want to commit to staying with the team. He's becoming one of baseball's top premier players. He's at such a fast rate. Um, you know, you gave Machado the $300 million contract. The Padres are finally, I won't say they're finally not being cheap because they did have that, what, 2012 offseason? I think it was 20. Oh. I think it was 2012 or 2014, and then the team just completely sucked, and they kind of just pretended they were a small market team for the most part, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to give Eric Cosmer a contract. Oh, let's give Machado a contract. Oh, you know, now let's let's go ahead and give Tatis a contract. Like, they're finally doing what I would say is right, and they're trying to – I mean, the Hosmer deal is kind of iffy, but they're they're trying. They're doing – they're doing their thing. They're trying to compete now, and they're trying to compete for a long time. And as a Giants fan, this really sucks because now it's going to most likely be the Padres and the Dodgers at the top for a while. The Giants are going to struggle a little bit to crack the postseason. They might they might win 90 games one year and be third in the division. That's insane. And they have some good young talent, but they might win 90 games one year and finish third. That would I would want to just that would not be fun. That would not be fun. Um, but going over um, Ronald Acuna, oh boy, would he get a hundred million dollars for eight years? And now look at Tatis getting three hundred. Dude, Acuna, I know you're never gonna listen to this, but bro, you got finessed. You should have tested and not tested you should have been confident in your your skills you are a top you are also a top premier player in baseball you could have had a contract just like that atlanta would have given that to you you i mean at hindsight's 2020 um but yeah i'll you know he got finessed the Braves have a mega steal in him and Albies' contract I mean Albies isn't getting 300 million but you know they they have their young guys locked up and Atlanta's in a good spot the Cunha money wise oh just looking at this you must be punching yourself somebody who's not punching himself though Juan Soto Juan Soto probably in line to get a very similar contract the only problem is will it be with Washington I would 
assume so. But if Washington isn't good, like if they just underperform and, you know, you lose Scherzer, uh, Strasburg can't stay healthy. Um, these are just examples of like different things that could happen. Um, maybe, you know, Josh Bell goes back to prior 20, what, 19 all-star, pre-all-star break and he just doesn't hit very well. You know, you got Schwarber, maybe he sucks, you know, just different things like that. Then, yeah, you're not, if you're not a good team, then Soto might want out and he might, or maybe he might not want out, but he might not want to sign a contract with the, with the nationals. And maybe I'm not saying the, the Yankees or the Mets, but a big market team like New York would easily pay him probably more than Tatis. And I know Soto isn't as good as a defender, but he's very, very young as well. He's uh, so many young players are in line for so many big contracts to be handed out. Even like Seager, Bellinger, who are free agents. Seager next year, Bellinger in like two years, three years. They're all like just, and I know they're both Dodgers, but it's the first names I can come up with. But they are a lot of big contracts that are going to come up, and it is going just everybody's just going to outpace each other. <sighs> yeah. Um, there's one, one last, there's not much I really have to say about that. As a Giants fan, I am a little upset. Not that I thought Tatis was going to be a Giant, but having to see Tatis in the division for 14 more years. Yeah. Hey, the young talent is coming. I am telling you. Marco Luciano is a stud. But the last thing I wanted to say, so he so he signs his yeah, he signs his yeah, he signs his fart noises. Tatis, he gets his $340 million contract, right? So Trevor Bauer's agent was saying that his agency, his agent agency is gonna get like she's going on this thing's like the agent's going to get like 17 million and that in reality is the biggest win of the offseason is his agency company but then I, I started looking it up here and so he he signed with big league advance when he was a teenager playing single a baseball and so they what is it he so he was in he signed in 2017 or when he was playing whenever he was playing in single a baseball um so, so they people that sign with this agency will give up, agree to give up anywhere between one percent and twelve percent of future earnings in the MLB. And so, this this website here is saying that the typical deal is about eight percent of future earnings. Like they agree to give up eight percent. So, so uh, Trevor Bauer's agent is saying that. The agency in like 17. Here it says if the deal was for 8% of the earnings, that means he would give up 27 million of his contract. Well, not give up, but like the agency would gain $27 million. And that is insane. That that will help the agency grow tremendously. Um, but Rachel Luba, I hope I said that right. That's why I was kind of against saying her name. Because I I'm horrible with names sometimes. Um, but she probably knows she, I mean, she probably knows what the contract is. Um, I mean, if it was 17 million, then it's a lot less than 8% that he signed with. I would assume he would 
probably try to go with less than 8% because, you know, I mean, I think when he was in single A, I don't think he thought he would, I think he was still with the Padres, not the Padres, the White Sox. Um, ooh, it was he. I don't know. But anyways, he wasn't as probably, I don't think he was as touted until, you know, he got to the Padres organization. He's had a highly touted prospect until he got the Padres. So, I mean, it could be 8%, but maybe he, you know, if it depends when he was in single A and how, you know, how highly he was, or maybe he bet on himself and was like, no. But either way, big, big W's for Tatis, big W's for the agency. <laughs> and hopefully not big W's for the Padres. But as a baseball fan, it is big dubs for the Padres. And secondly, the NFL, it finally happened. Not, no, no, not Deshaun Watson. Carson Wentz finally traded. Finally. The Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles agreed on a contract that will send a this year third, so 2021 third, and a 2022 second round pick where if I think Carson Wentz plays 75% of snaps, I'm pretty, I'm like 99% sure that is one of them. I think they're, if he play, I think I saw if he played 70% of snaps and they made the playoffs or, or like either one of those things happened, then it would turn into a first round pick. And I think this is very, 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 I don't want to say dumb on the Eagles, but it's very unfortunate because you are approaching Saints level of salary cap. I think they are only like they only have 10 more million and they don't have 10 more million because I think they're only 10 less million over than the Saints. So I think the Saints are still at like one. I think the Saints are. Ooh, I think. I, I, I looked it up. I think the Eagles are like 10 million less over the cap than the saints so you want to stop making fun of the saints for the salary cap and you know go to the eagles now because they're in easily as much trouble especially with howie roseman i mean you know he he's not like a bad gm by any means but hey anyways anyways that's that's not the point of this i just want to get that out there i think this is a very very good move for the colts you give Carson, you pair carson wentz with frank Wright again you know, he, I think, I'm pretty sure he was the offensive coordinator when Wentz was the MVP. P when I I don't know why I do that. I just do. I, you guys heard it the first time. Um, but I'm pretty sure he was the OC when Wentz was the MVP and or candidate for the MVP. Um, and, you know, since then, and since that MVP year, he's been kind of hurt. He's been just not as good. But if you pair him up with Frank Wright back with the Colts and the Colts coaching – and the Colts offensive line, oh my gosh. You know, the Colts still might need a receiver. Excuse me, the Colts probably are going to need to go after a guy like Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin if he's not tagged. You know, I don't see them making another trade for a guy. Like if Allen Robinson gets tagged, I think they're just out of that race. But it's a very good free agency class for wide receivers, and I think they're going to have to end up with one of them. I don't think T.Y. is coming back. So, and they still have a first-round pick. I 
don't think they would take a receiver in the first they could. I still think they are going offensive tackle. I think this just solidifies to everybody. They're not taking a quarterback, obviously. But, you know, you get a tackle, an offensive tackle, plug-and-play kind of guy. You put him in at left tackle and replace Costanzo, who retired. I mean, hey, if – I mean, if Smith or Waddle or Chase is falling down the board, kind of like C.D. Lamb fell last year. We all thought Lamb was going to get taken earlier with Judy earlier. Like I, I know this is a little off topic a little bit, but it does it does translate. I feel like we all thought Judy, Ram, uh, Rugs, and Lamb were all going to get picked much higher, and then they all fell, most likely due to it being a strong receiver class. The very same thing could happen. Now I think the grouping of Rugs, Smith, and Chase are better than the grouping of Rugs. Wait, did I say Rugs, Smith, and Chase? Smith, Waddle, and Chase. Um, it's better than the pairing of Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb. Now that might just be because we saw them in the NFL and last year and two of the three were very shaky at times. I mean, Judy was still fine. You know, he just had that issue with drops and then Ruggs was kind of non-existent a little bit at times, a lot of times. But there's a very good chance. they all. I think Daniel Jeremiah had Smith falling to 14 to the Vikings and now – I'm not here to agree or disagree with where they went, but the point is, and he's one of the best in the business, but yet, like I was saying, the point is, there's a very good chance they do fall like last year, and if they fall far enough, then maybe the Colts are like, okay, trade up the first to move up a few spots, but your only problem is, if depending on how much one plays, you don't have you, you either don't have a first or a second. I'm not really sure how that would work. I don't think you can trade that first, that second or something. Like that would be insanely hard to do. And you have to, you know, maybe you can't move up to take one of those bigger series. Maybe you just have to hope there it's a bigger fall than last year, which is a very, very good chance it won't be. Because there are two two of them could very easily go in the top ten. And then I don't think the other one would fall all the way down to 21. I mean, if the f- only one went in the top 10, maybe the next one went at 14, then you'd have a chance to maybe trade up a little bit. But it's just too hard and too difficult for the Colts to get one of those top guys. So depending on who's there, there's a good chance that even Christian Darisaw is there at 21. You know, tackles are very strong in this year's class as well as receivers that it kind of just depends what position group is falling. And that's kind of what you have to take. Um, but either way, I know I rambled a little bit, but either way, it does relate because that would give Carson Wentz some offensive help. I mean, the Colts already have one of the strongest offensive lines. It gets a little worse with Costanza retiring. But, you know, that the group of four that are, I don't know if all four are coming back. I know Nelson, Kelly, and Smith. I'm not sure about Glowinski. I'm not sure about his contracts looking like. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be there. And, you know, those those group of four, you get a good tackle in, a good another tackle to put on the left side. Or I don't know if Braden Smith can move to the left. So either way, you know, you protecting Carson Wentz, you know, that is your new franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. You probably can't trade that contract again. So if he sucks, that is tough. But I don't think he's he's not as bad as he was last year. You know, the Colts are going to make him better. And, you know, just give them some weapons at receiver. You go after one free agency, maybe draft another one in the first or second round. 
You have Michael Pittman developing, developing, ho- developing. Hopefully, Paris Campbell can be healthy because I think he's a stud. That would be amazing if you know he could be there and help Carson Wentz and break out this year. Um, you have your tight ends. Um, well, I think I think Doyle. Well, I think I think Doyle. I don't know if Moali Cox is under contract. I don't know if Trey Burton's under contract, but you have Doyle there. So I mean, you're probably they're still probably gonna resign one of the two. Uh, I, I Burton might. Uh, either way, you have offensive weapons. Just you probably need a number one for Wentz, and you're set. And I'm not saying Carson Wentz needs a number one, but it would help him so much with the receivers he had in Philly. I know Campbell and Pittman are probably better than any receiver Eagles have had. The Eagles have had because you know Alshon hasn't really been healthy and he's kind of been bad. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is just old and he can't stay on the field. But just imagine if you got Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay in Indianapolis. Oh, that would help one so much. Um, but just the Eagles on the Eagles side, you do get a third round pick. You do in quotation marks pay the pave the mark a path, lead your leading um uh hurts down the path of success. Um well I don't know about success, but to be the starting quarterback, they did say they want to bring in competition, which I saw something on Twitter, you know, if I say something, if I see something on Twitter, most of the time it's going to be something stupid, but today I actually didn't. This other one's not stupid either, where I was like, that's just probably going to be an excuse or not an excuse, but just like, they're going to, it's somehow going to lead to throwing Jalen Hurts under the bus. And it's just going to be like the same kind of thing as this year where you're going to trade Hurts. So with them saying that, that very well could mean not necessarily that they're in the mix for Prescott, but maybe they're in the mix for Jameis Winston if they can afford it somehow. Maybe they're in the mix to take Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Justin Fields. You know, like there is a very big possibility that they take a quarterback at six. Maybe they even trade up. Um, but yeah, they're, they're taking on a $33.8 million cap hit and just in dead cap. And is the largest single dead cap can't speak today in NFL history and it is just insanely ridiculous and it's funny because the Rams have number two and three now with Cooks and Goff um but I yeah that's a lot of money that's just a lot a lot of money and I thought the Bears trade was happening with Wentz which either way, either way, he still would have been the $33.8 million cap it. But if you guys didn't see, there was like a trade. It was like a first-round pick. It was like Tariq Cohen and Nick Foles for Carson Wentz, and that just like never went through. So either that trade was kind of agreed upon but then broke off, or that trade just never happened. Either way, I thought he was going to be a bear. Um, but I still don't think Philly does anything to help Hurts. I think they try. I think they strike out. Oh, that's, I don't think they. I don't think they even try. I think, or the first round, I don't think they try. They could easily go Kyle Pitts. They could. I mean, Kyle Pitts is insane. They could go Kyle Pitts. They could go Jamar Chase. They can go Devonta Smith. You know, they have all these options. I I kind of think they're leaning towards taking another quarterback. You know, Hurts in that Saints game, he looked very well, very good. 
but you know, it's one game against the, you know, they didn't have time. They didn't prepare for that guy. Um, they stopped the, I don't say they won't, they didn't stop the run. Well, they stopped Sanders. Well, except for that, like 80 yard run. Um, it just, he didn't look the greatest other than that Saints game. And I mean, he was okay. He was, he was good, but he wasn't what you call Like he didn't prove he was the franchise guy. And I think when Howie Roseman or like that organization said, like it's over, like they're changing up how they're drafting. I kind of think all signs are leading towards taking a quarterback. And as weird as that might be to Eagle fans, I think that it's going to happen. I think Eagle fans are in for a tough 2021, but who knows what's going to happen. Anyways, uh, that's all I have to say about those two things. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Extra Innings Podcast. Like I like I said, I'm your host, Jake Tangway. Make sure you guys, you know, subscribe on Spotify, maybe, or other streaming websites. Share this with your friends if you want to. If you like this kind of content and you think you, you like sports talk, you think your friends would like the sports talk, and maybe we have different, different opinions and they want to, you know, disagree with me, just disagree with me like let me have let me hear it um you know maybe leave a review um but and just do share interact with this podcast um if you're listening and you have something you want me to say um on the um if there's, if there's something you want me to go over on either a podcast episode or like on a, just a blog post on the website you should be able to leave a comment on the website on just like if you want to, after I you know bring out the blog post that this this uh, episode has been posted, um, you know you should be able to leave a comment underneath that uh, post and just let me know what you want me to discuss in the next episode, or if you'd rather me discuss it in a blog post, I would one hundred percent do that. Um, yeah, I'm this the episode is a little bit oh, a little bit over the well all over the place, um, but you know just. I don't know. This is this is in for a very weird NFL offseason and potentially a very weird MLB season. It just COVID has just been really weird and just making sports weird and everything's weird. Just share share with all your friends. If you like this episode and you like this content, and I have three others. Um, and there will be plenty more. Hope you enjoyed, and I will see you guys in the next one.